Hey everyone, I'm Joe Chicarone, and this is Built Not Born, episode 88. Today's guest is Jennifer Coleman. Jennifer Coleman is a registered nurse, a college professor, and a certified health coach. Jen came on the show to discuss her lifelong battle to maintain a healthy weight, a problem that had her sometimes hiding in the house as a child. Jen talks about the self-transformation that she's done, how she is not only living a healthy and happier life, but she is bringing hundreds of other people along the journey with her. It's an amazing story of self-transformation. I hope you enjoy. If you like what you hear, please hit that follow button, or better yet, share this episode with a friend. We had a bunch of cool interviews like this one to come. Enjoy my conversation with Jennifer Coleman, registered nurse and certified health coach. And remember, life is built, not born. Jen Coleman, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. For our listeners who may not be familiar with you and your work, who are you and what do you do? I am a mother of three kids, um, 13, 9, and 5. I'm married. I'm a registered nurse. I'm a labor and delivery postpartum NICU nurse. And I get to share in that beautiful relationship between moms, dads, and families that have this beautiful love affair. And I get to celebrate true birthdays, not the once a year events, a true birthday. I'm also a professor at a bunch of different universities in Pennsylvania. My message really today is Catholic schoolgirl raised and happy and thought was healthy and realized that I was trapped in a body that I just couldn't cheat the system out of until I got the right support, found the people who were my true support people and gone from there. I was basically overweight and like normal weight, overweight, normal weight my whole life. My highest weight in my lifetime was 309 pounds. Yeah. And I had the gastric sleeve surgery in 2004. 15 and I lost 130 pounds and Abington blasted me all over their social media and was like, I was this remarkable person who just took all of the tools and applied it. And all the tools was more so just eating what my stomach allowed. And with losing weight, you really can't cheat any system, not even a surgery because it's all up here in your mind. That's the mindset, right? I truly believe that like understanding the underlying problem of having an unhealthy relationship with food changed the way that I've been able to, to move my trajectory in a really great, great place this time. Bottom, bottom line with all of it is, you know, you have to eat to live. This is not like you can put everything that you eat in a closet and close the closet door and yeah. you don't see it. As an Italian, there's oh, food around everything. So it's food hard. when somebody has a birthday. It's food when somebody dies. It's food yeah. on a Friday night. It's food for the Super Bowl's party. And it's not so much, I want the people to come. It's, oh my gosh, what food are you bringing? What's on the menu? It's yeah. all about the dynamic of food. And then shaping that relationship with food for me has been remarkable. Well, I like to speak about your remarkable story of how you basically turned your life around with made the decision to get healthy. You basically described yourself trapped in a body, just your words, what you did, it changed your marriage. Is that, is that fair? 
That's that's exactly right. Not everything is about the number on the scale, but the day that I stood on a scale and saw 309 pounds, it was baffling to me. But my whole life, I struggled through weight issues as a young kid. I was the kid that struggled in the stores, picking out clothes, watching your siblings fit in a certain size. And I wasn't fitting in that size. And I couldn't share my friend's shirts when we were at sleepovers. I was always the one that was struggling with weight and dieted on and off and did a bunch of programs. I remember being a nutritionist office when I was 12, Weight Watchers when I was 16. And then this summer was the transformational moment for me. I'm, I'm married. I have a husband and a family. And I looked at my kids and I looked at my husband who has also struggled with similar weight issues. And I was just at the point where I was worrying that my husband was going to end up passing away and dying from his unhealthy eating and me passing away and dying from my health issues of with weight. And I remember just laying in bed one night eating a Hershey bar after doing three countless diets over the summer and saying, oh my gosh, I don't even fit into the clothes in my closet. You know, I let working in healthcare during COVID get the best of me. And instead of making healthy choices, I let all that beautiful food people sent to us nurses, I would eat it all without thinking, get through COVID and all of the stressors. And I used food as a means to do that. So there I was eating a Hershey bar at night in bed watching TV. And I thought to myself, my kids aren't going to have their mom and dad anymore if we don't start getting healthy. And no one can ever be forced to do something unless they're ready. Mm -hmm. So I made this conscious decision that I'm going to be there for my kids. My why, why I was doing this, it was for me to have quality of life, to not have my knees hurt anymore, to fit into the size gene that made me happy to be able to run after my five-year-old when he wanted to practice getting a touchdown. But ultimately, it was really just to be there for my kids. My why was to be able to celebrate and watch my kids grow up for them to have their mom with them and just to have better quality. So I started focusing on that. And that's kind of where this whole transformation this year began. Wow. Now, thank you for sharing that. Just a couple things sort of touch on. You mentioned at 12 years old, you just mentioned you were at Weight Watchers or at 16, you couldn't wear other people's clothes and sleepovers. What does that do to a mindset? You know, like how sometimes even as an adult with kids and married, where sometimes you're self-conscious at 50, what's it like at 12 years old going through something like that when it's so formidable? Yeah. You know, at 12, I mean, now looking back, you're trying to just develop your own personality and find who you are, like find your identity. So to to try and find an identity when you don't understand yourself and then to be handicapped by weight and judgment and stigmas really does almost dislodge your confidence and you begin to become introverted, follower instead of a leader. Mm -hmm. And all those personality gifts that you may have, you don't feel empowered to use them because you're hiding behind a body that's just honestly, not going to show any productivity out of it. It was shameful for me. It was painful. And it was it was a tough chapter of my life as a child, mm -hmm. especially when a lot of family and friends, so they could eat that pizza, man. And somehow I would eat a couple slices and I was just metabolically in a place where I was predestined, predispositioned medically to, to hold on to that weight. And then once you get past a certain point, for me, it almost felt like it was such an uphill battle to get the weight off that there was no motivation after that. 
And instead of being the kid playing softball and running up and down the streets, I became the kid that hid in the house and didn't make the best choices eating because eating made me feel better. Do you remember the first moment where you realized, wow, this challenge, this weight challenge is something that I'm going to have to deal with. I realized that this is a factor in my life. Do you remember? Yeah, I know exactly when it was. I was in the eighth grade. Okay. And I got, um, you know, when you all go to school and you have to do the health physicals and they step you on the scale and they do how tall you are and you do the hearing screens. Mm-hmm. Eighth grade, I stepped on a scale and that scale said 199 in the eighth grade. And I remember thinking 200, 200, 200 pounds. And all my friends were like up 115. And I remember lined up in the class and in, in the nurse's office and everybody was hopping on and off the scales and talking about their numbers. And I just remember being mortified by the number. And I just thought to myself, oh my gosh, this is awful. How will I ever get back to what I should be? Eighth grade thinking, what did that feel like? That'd be so rough. Well, and I think that's the difference between now in 2023 versus back in the 1990s. There wasn't a a support system for parents to help empower their children to get healthy the way that they have now. And my parents did the best that they could. I love my parents and I have grown and shaped myself as an individual because of the things that I've learned in my childhood. My parents did everything they possibly could to keep me healthy, but the support sometimes wasn't there not from them, but just from the society and the world. And there wasn't a lot of stuff for kids then to really get healthy like they do now, all the activity and and stuff. So fast forward a little bit, say you're in high school and in college. How did that challenge affect what you did or didn't do? Like how did- Well, this is another, like one of those moments, the aha moments or looking back on my life. When I was in the 10th grade, I've been singing since I was a young kid. And So I've I've recognized as I've gotten older, there are gifts from God that everyone gets in their lifetime. And it's really being exposed to opportunities that bring those gifts out. And I was very fortunate at the church that I worshiped at, that they recognized I had a voice, um, a voice that was stronger singing than speaking. And so I learned to sing and share it. And through just people and their positive feedback, it empowered me to know, like, even though I was this size, I had a gift I could share with others. So singing since I was in the sixth grade at church. And then when I got to high school, again, still overweight, I was the happy-go-lucky, beautiful face, Jen. Everybody loved hanging around and I loved hanging around them, but I never had the confidence. So 10th grade, someone pulled me aside and they were like, Jen, your voice is just incredible. And they helped me share that. And that moment was when I kind of realized you can still be loved by others regardless of your size. But I also knew that it's not all about weight. It's also about how you feel. Mm -hmm. And that positive piece that came into my life, being recognized for something beautiful, also gave me the confidence to apply that into things. So moving along with the singing piece. So uh, if if I can interject for a moment. I believe there's a video clip on YouTube of you and maybe a American Idol audition. Is that is that true? So I auditioned when I was 20 years old on the 50-yard line of the Georgia Dome okay. for American Idol and was able to make it through to another round. And yeah, it was the year of Ruben stuttered. And yeah, I auditioned. I think it was the second season. And it was really empowering for me. 
Part of me feels like there is a piece. There I am standing on the 50-yard line in front of people who are judging you for your talent. And they did recognize I had some talent there. Obviously, I didn't end up on the TV show, but that was just one of those remarkable moments where I did something fun. I challenged myself. I empowered myself. And music really was a platform for me because it was a strength outside of all the weight insecurities. So you had the benefit of music traveling with you during this time period. So fast forward now, people that accomplish feats like you did, it's not usually one grand gesture and it's over. It's usually a bunch of starts and stops and almost there. It's like progress and regression, progress and regression. Can you speak of the false starts and like the half successes before you really figured it out? Can yeah, you talk, absolutely. speak to that process? Yeah. So I did the nutritionist and had a medical professional help me. But I was young and didn't have all the tools. And again, being in that teenage years, your priorities aren't about eating Oreos versus apples and oranges. And then Weight Watchers, and I counted points. And just, again, going through the process of utilizing other tools brought me up to when I was 309 pounds. And I decided then I was going to get the gastric sleeve done. When I was 309 pounds, when we went to Disney, I actually looked up all the rides that I was possibly able to fit on because I was not able to fit on some of the rides at 309 pounds. And I would be afraid to go to certain restaurants because of the booths. I was literally restricted that way. So after I lost weight, I get on a roller coaster ride with Corinne. She's now 13, right? And we pull the handlebar down and me and her are sitting there. I started to cry like cry, not a nasty cry, just to cry. And Corinne looked at me and she goes, mom, are you scared? And I said, no, honey, I'm not scared. I'm actually just super happy because I'm able to ride this ride with you. Unbeknownst to her, I didn't feel like I could ever ride a ride with her because I was trapped where I was in that body. So all of those little things just add up to that Y component. Then I decided then I was going to get the gastric sleeve done. So I remember kissing both of my girls goodbye that morning, leaving my then 18-month-old at a sitter's house and choosing to risk my life to have a surgery that would hopefully save my life. And I did lose 130 pounds and it was shared on social media through the hospital. I was one of those empowering individuals that was super successful. The tool that was used for the gastric sleeve was awesome. It taught me that I could only eat small portions, but what I realized was you can't cheat any system regardless of you know weight watchers health nutritionists even a major surgery you can't cheat that if the mindset and the true understanding of the underlying problem is not addressed you have the gastric sleeve operation so you just mentioned how you lost the 130 pounds and the hospital was blasting you in their social media campaign what happened next yeah i kept it off for a long long while, got pregnant with my third kid, put on the mommy weight, put on 40 pounds and I lost 20 of it. And I owned the 20 that I was still carrying around, but I felt good in my skin. And then COVID hit and everybody fed us nurses and I ended up eating mindlessly and I ended up gaining 50 pounds back. You had the gastric operation. You lost the weight, but then lost with your answers, you still lost, you still gained 50 pounds after the operation. Take us from there. Then I gained the 50. And then I got to that point where I was laying in bed with the Hershey bar and not making any big, huge changes in my life and wallowing in my own sorrow. I made that 
conscious choice to change my trajectory. And since July 25th, I'm down now 70 pounds. So I'm actually down to my lowest weight. And we talked about my weight in the eighth grade. And I remember that number, 199. And I can tell you right now, I am below that 199 by a nice stretch. Oh my gosh. Congratulations. That is so good. You got to really explore why we have an unhealthy relationship with food for you to ever really identify and fix the underlying problems. What you said there, that principle of you have to have the mindset and you can't cheat the system and like you can't buy your way out of the problem. I love philosophy. And one of the maxims of Stoic philosophy is you can't fix internal problems with external things. Yes. And so even though there's science has evolved and there's some unique procedure that may give some benefit, but like you said, until you fixed your mindset, it didn't matter what sleeve was, there was some benefits, but it, you couldn't fix the problem until you fixed yourself, right? You fixed That's your exactly mindset. it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I'm starting like my trajectory changed this summer. And part of it was following a health promotional journey where it's a focus on mindfulness habits of health, the habits that we have every day, right? So I mentioned I'm a mom and a wife and all these other things. I'm Italian too. And if anybody knows the stigma of Italians, it's a lot of food, whether you're, it's a Sunday night dinner or it's a Friday night or- Or it's a birth. Yeah. Or a death. It's a birth. Or a death. It's a death. It's a marriage. There's always food. A divorce. No matter what it is, no matter what food it is. Exactly. So- Coming at you fast, heavy, and it's good. It's not crap. It's like- Gosh, it's quality stuff. Like, damn, this But it's overindulgence a lot yeah, of times. Yeah, because yeah. the raviolis know? are so good. You could eat 27 of them and you're like, oh my God, I say 27 ravioli, but they're so yeah. good, right? Right, it's exactly. So, so what happened with me was I started using Dr. Wayne Anderson, who is a renowned critical care doctor, his philosophy on a stop, challenge, choose belief system. And so what happens with me now is when I'm I go to a Sunday dinner or I go to a friend's house or when I go to the party, I'm going to utilize three words, stop, challenge, and choose. I'm going to stop. I'm going to look at the item that I want to eat. I know I want to eat it. And then I'm going to think to myself and challenge myself for a second. Is this salsa and chips worth me eating if it's going to set me back health-wise from where I've come? And then I'm going to make the conscious choice. I'm aware. I'm making this choice. I'm not doing mindless eating. I'm aware of the choice and I choose it and I eat it. And if I do eat it, I own it and I don't look back. And I say to myself, yep, I ate those Doritos. Yes, I may have had a couple pieces of that cheesecake. Did I enjoy it? Absolutely. Was that choice worth it that day, that moment? Yes. And then when I step on the scale or I put on my jeans and there's a little change, I own that. And then I just hop right back on because life doesn't change. You cannot put food in a closet and never look at it. You got to eat to live, Joe. Yeah, That doesn't go away. Just looking at it as a human being, right? How hard it is where my strength's my biggest weakness. I'm either all in or all out. There's very little, like I love something and I do it all the time or I don't like this, I'm out. But with food, you have to be, you have to engage that every day. It's not like smoking. I'm not smoking. I'm out. I never touch cigarettes. I never buy them. It's like they're totally out of my life. But food, you, like food is two, three, four times a day. You're 
engaging with it, right? And it's yes. and it's it's not like you could say, well, I'm not going to touch that anymore. Like I'm not touching like after college, I never touch tequila ever again, right? Like I'm yes. never going to touch it. Like, but you have exactly. to engage it. You have to have a relationship with it, right? It's it's yes. uh and that's um, the healthy, yeah, Joe, that's the healthy relationship I'm talking about. Like yeah. I have to make my kids lunches before they go to school. Yep. So it's not, I'm not going to make them necessarily have dietary changes that are extreme. I have to sure. find a balance. So that mindset's a big thing. So you mentioned a few things, right? So just rewind a little bit. If I covered this already, my apologies. But when was the moment you made that decision? Because everything you just said, it started with a decision. Because you were you knew about it and you lived with it and you dealt with the pluses and minuses of your situation for years. But all of a sudden, you made a decision like it's changing. What was the moment where you said, that's it, I'm making a change? Looking at my husband, John, and I, married for years, always have enjoyed food together. And I just looked at both of us and we were not a picture of health and wellness. And I think as anybody gets older, your mortality, morbidity starts to creep up on you. And I looked at both of us and wondered what my kid's future was going to be like if they didn't have their mom and their dad. So I looked at my husband and I know anybody that's going to make a change, you have to want it. You got to want it bad enough. You have to have a strong enough why. We mentioned that already. My why was my kids. And when I looked at my husband that night and I'm eating my Hershey bar and watching TV and whining about not fitting into the clothes in my closet, that was the moment that I knew I needed to really grab hold of it. The additional thing that I wanted to make mention of too, I didn't put that out there, just coming out through this beautiful dialogue we're having. When I lost 130 pounds, I did my first 5K. Oh, very cool. Tell us about that. that, Yeah, the 5K was awesome. Unbeknownst to my family, I ended up being 10 weeks pregnant with my now five-year-old son, but I accomplished a bucket list of doing a 5K and I trained for it. And after I got done it, it was empowering because my two little girls were holding signs. They were so proud of mommy. They got to see what healthy looked like for a minute. I promised myself then that I would do the Broad Street Run for Philadelphia by the time I was 40. So this July, I turned 39. And darn had I not ran that Broad Street Run yet. Uh So the clock started ticking. In conjunction with the night I laid in bed and ate that Hershey bar and looked at my husband and looked at my kids that were sleeping in bed that night. I thought I better do it now because the clock's ticking. I'm going to do that personal bucket list. Yep. I'm going to get healthy for me and my kids. And so the weight loss began. And now I'm training for that Broad Street run, working at a jujitsu club, learning some fundamental techniques in cardio. And I feel like the world of people behind me championing behind me this time because I've allowed them in to see truly the raw relationship that I've had with food. And I haven't kept myself in the house away from it. I've gone to parties. I've gone to concerts, tailgates, you name it, Sunday dinners. And I've done this stop challenge shoes. And my why is so strong. So, so strong. I'm holding myself accountable. Yeah. couple things there. One, it looks like you you had a strong enough why. And it wasn't me focused. It was outwardly focused. It was your husband and kids. And yes. it's, for some reason, like parents are way more inclined to do something they don't want to do, or at least hard to do. It's really sh- something that's really tough to do. It's so much easier to do it for someone else than yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah. And you yeah, did absolutely. It for your 
did it for your husband, did it for your kids. You had a strong enough why. And when you spoke about that stop, challenge, choose, which is fantastic, it's based on what you have that self-awareness of like, all right, wow, I'm around a lot of food options right now. Triggers, yeah. Triggers that may or may not be desirable at this moment, right? You you have the self-awareness to say, hey, I'm in a situation where I have to make a decision, right? You're self-aware now. You have a decision. You challenge yourself. Is this make sense? Is this a good idea 10 minutes from now if Mm -hmm. I ate this, right? And then whatever you decide, you know, sometimes you don't eat it, sometimes you do. It's your decision. Regardless, you say you take responsibility and you own your actions. So it's like self-awareness, responsibility, decision-making. and Being and mindful. Absolutely. Mindfulness. That is fantastic. You but know, we- and I think... Joe, I wanted to interject there too. I think being a nurse, and I'm not saying that this, it has definitely influenced a lot of things, but I think being a nurse, I've been exposed to a lot of experiences, health issues that I've been exposed to from other patients' experiences. I've had some people in my lifetime that have suffered addictions in other ways that I've, you know, yeah. watched and grow. And the people that were the most successful, I find they really do just live in today. I have somebody that is in recovery over like 45 years from alcohol. And his biggest philosophy is just for today, live in today, own today. You know, don't get lost in what you did yesterday because then you're never going to be motivated to work on what comes tomorrow. And that's the other piece that's, that really has been resonating with me through this whole journey as well. Wow. You know, one thing you threw in there in the middle, and I didn't know this until we kind of spoke beforehand, you just discovered Brazilian jiu-jitsu, right? Yes. Come yes. on. I right? know, which that's that's amazing. Tell me about it. Let's go. First, how'd you discover it? Well, two it? things. It? Go ahead. Joe, I do not grapple on the mats, okay? I'm not grappling now. I don't know in the future because well, I'm just in today, right? For today, I know that I'm just learning some fundamental techniques. I'm working really hard with cardio and it's been really a huge push for me physically. It's pushing me beyond what I felt my body was capable of doing. It's a camaraderie that I'm finding. And then just the feeling of all the endorphins and the positivity after the, after my sessions are over, it's just been awesome. That is so impressive. So good luck with that. That is so cool. It's amazing. You make one decision, all right? You decide, and all of a sudden you have that stop, challenge, choose mindset, self-awareness, decision-making, responsibility, all these positive outcomes come out of it. And all of a sudden something else comes out of nowhere in jujitsu, like another positive thing. Like notice when you start trending in a good direction, you attract other positive things when you bring positive stuff into the world, right? So cool. That's really cool. So yeah, that's the other thing. So what's happened now is three months after I started, my husband watched me and he was like, Jen, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm going to do what you're doing. Let's do it together. And I was like, all right, but you have to own it. So he did it and he's lost weight and he's off his diabetic meds. And his endocrinologist was like, oh my gosh, John, you've been suffering with diabetes and also trapped in a body that's just not designed to exist on this planet in that form. And now he's got a body that's going to carry him for years and years. He's going to walk my girls down the aisle. Me and him are going to grow old together and live a really, really happy outcome for what we're what we're designed to be here on this earth for. I'm not trying to get sappy or emotional, but that's the reality of where this came from. My fear of losing my husband from just health 
comorbidities. I was just terrified. And so now we're both healthy, right? My kids see it. My kids are using words that they never used before. Everything in moderation, mom. My son, the other day, I love him. He put his hands around my waist and he said, mom, my hands are touching. You know why? Because when he hugged his mom, he noticed that those little beautiful five-year-old hands of his never touched when he hugged mommy. And now they do. So this why transformation is really coming to fruition. And in that, people started asking questions. What are you and John doing? You guys look so happy. Your kids, look at them. They're, they just, they're happy. My family, they started to want to get healthy just because they had spaghetti squash lasagna for Sunday dinner. If you can imagine a bunch of Italians having that, that's a big transformation, right? <laughs> that, they're fighting words in my family where I come from. Yeah. I know it. I know it. So now all these people were asking me about what we were doing. And I decided to take my labor and delivery postpartum and NICU nurse training. And I decided to turn an angle. God gives you gifts. So I'm taking an opportunity here to help change the health of others, right? I have over 98 people that I'm working with to empower them to lose weight and to get healthy and to empower them to use that stop challenge, choose mindfulness. And it's working. It's working. Wow. Getting back to your leadership role in this now, at what point did you go from, I'm getting healthy, all the positive changes you have going? And your husband, you connected your husband to it. Your husband's going. And what point did you said, you know what? I want to bring other people along with me. Like, how did that happen? Well, I think part of it is because um, having that healthcare mindset, wanting to help people, I'm designed to want to help others. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I think about healthcare workers. We save everybody else, but we forget ourselves. I finally put myself first. And now it's like what they say on the airplane. You got to put the oxygen mask on first before you can help somebody else, Right. So I, I put the oxygen mask on myself. I took care of myself, right? And now I'm better. And I wanted to bring people along the journey with me because I know you can do things better together than by yourself. And that's, I think, for me, if you're going to rewind back to being 12 and being trapped and not having the support, I was fighting a system, a lifestyle that I was by myself. I didn't have that group of support and success that I needed. So as an adult, I recognize that. Bring everybody along for the ride. Wow, so you know? cool! So I mean, there's there's a lot of people that are making changes, and it's not all skill changes. Kids now, it's like they write different letters and they stand for words. This goes mm-hmm. to show you my age with kids and technology. But NSV, non-scale victory. What's your NSV? Mm-hmm. Here's my NSV. You ready, my son? He put his hands around my waist. That's a non-scale victory right there. Wow. That is How so about, powerful. you know, running up the steps and realizing I'm not out of breath. My knees didn't hurt. Going wow. into a store and saving money because I didn't have to buy extra dollars in clothing for the plus size. NSV. That is so powerful. I never heard that term before. NSV. And then non-scale, that just- Non-scale. Non-scale victory. And that just goes what? Back to your why, right? That just yes. reinfor- reinforces your why. You already have Absolutely. your why. It's that reinforcement. And then like this word just keep popping in my head, the community. One, you had, you're bringing other people with you, right? And you're doing it together, right? Together is better. You want to go fast, go alone. You want to go far, go together. And yes. um, right. So you got the community, self-awareness. You, you have that, that, that self-awareness is like a superpower. Like I, I'm in a situation now where I have a decision to make, right? And you make it, you have decision-making 
And then you take responsibility. Another word I just hear you keep saying you're taking responsibility. And then from there, it's mindfulness, right? And you just, you're just thinking like, what's this do? Is this good? Is this positive? It's so, so impressive. So you said you've worked with 98 people, right? Yes. How quick did you scale to 98? Like when was your first person and how long did it take to get to 98 people coming to you to help them? October 1st. This year? Yeah. So October 1st of 22. Wow. So you're talking in five months, basically a hundred people noticed what yes. you were doing and had enough confidence in you to say, let's go. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. I got the, all the binders next to me right now with each wow. person's profile and what they are doing for themselves. And they weigh in on Mondays. So this morning, actually, I should probably just share this. Last week, we hit a, I hit a huge milestone as a health coach. And we hit over a thousand pounds lost since October 1st. Wow. Thousand pounds lost since October 1st. That is unbelievable. That's a community. That's a, that's a community band together with non-scale victories, scale victories. And we're really, honestly, I, I hosted a healthy happy hour on Friday night. A healthy happy hour. You know what that meant? What that look like? It looks like. It's a bunch of people that bring all of these healthy appetizers and meals together. And we talk about how you can be mindful and also share these recipes with others so you can help others understand that spaghetti squash lasagna is not as scary as it sounds. You got to try it, right? Wow. So I ended up having a bunch of people over. We celebrated food together and the community just is really building. And I just want to keep building that because the way that I feel is just wonderful. And I want to share that gift with others because that was a gift that was shared to me on July 25th. And since that moment with the Hershey bar, making that mindful choice, committing to something that was going to change my life, I had no idea it was going to change my life in the direction that it has. A thousand pounds. That is crazy. The ins and outs of that stop challenge choose. Is it more plant-based? Is it is it more keto? What's like the food look like there? Is All right, there a certain so it's, food it's system? Low, yeah. So it's low caloric, higher protein, carbohydrates are involved. It's natural sweeteners like monk fruit and stevia. It's also refining like your lean and green, which a lean is a meat of some kind, fish, chicken, eggs, tofu. I'm conscious about that choice of meat or fish or eggs. And then I have three beautiful vegetables that I eat every night. I prepare meals that are really mindful. It's not just like taking the salt and pouring it all over it, throwing cheese out of the out of the bag and not being mindful again about how we're making these decisions. Yeah. So, and now after doing it for a period of a couple months, I went to a steakhouse, a really nice steakhouse to celebrate my daughter's confirmation. And I could go to dinner and I recognized on that plate exactly what size Meat is a healthy portion for me because I've mm-hmm. been refining that meal every day for months. So when I finally went out into an environment without that control, I was able to identify that and just run with it and enjoy it because you got to live your life. Absolutely. And that awareness brings confidence, right? Because you have yes. that awareness and you have yes. that success. So you have the confidence to go into a potentially unhealthy situation or it's a situation that has a lot of options, right? A lot of yes. options that can go either way. And you have the awareness that there's a lot of options here and they're no, not good or bad, but like there's personal decisions you want to make that you make, no one else does. And you choose, you have the awareness to choose, you have the confidence to choose, the confidence to go in there and know that you can live your life 
and be involved and be with the community and go have a party, go have fun and still be your healthy self. Yes. That's, and that's health true. coaching, health coaching has held me accountable too. You got to be accountable. I keep saying that even to all of my clients that I'm working with, you got to hold yourself accountable. But what other testament is going to be for all of my clients? If I'm not holding myself accountable, they're looking to me, right? So being verbal, sharing your story with others, it's going to hold you even more accountable. And that accountability is going to keep you on track. Yeah. It puts you in a very vulnerable place, Joe. Yeah, I can no. tell you that because when you are being vulnerable and authentic and sharing your story, like I'm choosing to do today, mm. it's a lot of, it can be a little bit feeling of pressure to do that, but the results are just, they just skyrocket when you actually hold yourself accountable to others, because then, you know, you're going to be successful. And when you're doing it as a group yeah, with people so who support you, it's so much better. Even like going back to jujitsu, you talk about like, if you look behind me, I have my mats. There's a, the jujitsu mats it. behind it. Yep. And it's great to train. Like you could do drills by yourself. Sometimes my son will come down and we'll drill, which is great. But there's nothing like being in a school with 20 different people, with 20 different body types, 20 different thought patterns, 20 different techniques they're good at, and all sharing ideas. Like you exponentially you get as good as you can in a community like that. Right? Yeah, you grow. Like, like You grow as fast as you personally can grow when you're just all together sharing ideas and information, like stuck in a corner by yourself. There's only so much you could read watching videos or reading books or, you know, being in your, inside your own head. Moving on here, wrapping up. Say there's somebody who's struggling with their health and maybe like you were years ago. I'm not ready to make wholesale changes yet, Jen, but I'm looking to make some little tweaks to see if I can get some traction. Like you just you mentioned a few moments ago, just not throw the cheese mindlessly on everything. Could you think of a couple little tweaks or a couple little tactics people can use to say, all right, here's a couple things you can do to start getting some momentum to eating healthy. What would you share with them? First thing, you know, it comes down to what you put into your body. And a lot of people put all those sodas and drinks and Starbucks coffees and all the sugars and additives into things. Try and dial back a little bit. If you drink six cans of soda, cut back one. When you're starting your week, maybe pick your meats out in advance and do a little bit of not meal prep, but just like cook up a bunch of chicken and put it in a Tupperware container and have it ready. So on a busy night when you got all the kids running haywire and you don't have time to do something that's healthy for yourself, you can at least pull out some shredded up chicken and throw it on a salad versus driving through a Wendy's. You can make those kind of decisions, those little ones. And then all of a sudden, a little move and a little move and a little move becomes a big move. Like drip, drip, drip creates the wave, right? And, and then yeah, the wave, exactly. yeah. Are there any books or YouTube videos or TED Talks, any, any resources that someone's looking to maybe get started or change their mindset a little bit? Is there anything you could point them towards? Any sort of online resources? Yeah, absolutely. So the stop, challenge, and choose thought process, like I was saying before, is from Dr. Wayne Anderson's belief system. And me being the evidence-based nurse that I am, I don't like to just do things because they're fads. I like the evidence-based piece behind it. And him being a critical care doctor that really just identified where health and wellness was struggling, he reformulated this health and wellness program to really be successful for others to attain. So we don't end up in the critical care units suffering from the choices we made when we were 20, 30, 40, 50. 
So that's kind of where we're running with it. And I'm going to run down that broad street this coming April 30th and champion behind the success for myself and hopefully champion, continue to champion behind all of the people that want to make a difference in their own life. That's fantastic. Jennifer Coleman, if people are looking for you and what you do online or looking to connect with you, what's the best place they can find you? I'm definitely on Facebook. You can reach out and look for Jen Coleman on Facebook. We can always share the email address, maybe. Put your email address. If there's anyone in the community or in the community wants to reach out to you with questions, you're definitely an inspiration. And there's nothing like people ahead of us in the journey to bring us along in the journey. If anyone wants to reach out to Jen, the touch base or to pick her brain. Absolutely. I'll put her- Joe, Joe, can I just add one thing? Yeah. I don't want to coach anyone that's not ready to help themselves. I'm not pulling and dragging somebody along to get healthy, right? I need somebody to have a strong why. Why do you want to do it? I want you to make sure that you you know have a plan and we're going to get the plan together. And that's part of me health coaching. I want to make sure that the person that wants to reach out to me, I will give you the tools and the resources, but you have to want it. The why so, and I want that. that for everyone. Yeah. yeah. But Jennifer Coleman, I'd like to thank you for joining us. It's so impressive bringing almost 100 people with you. Stop, challenge, and choose. I'm going to put all that in the show notes where people can link and find it. I'd like to thank you for sharing your amazing story, how open and vulnerable. It's just so impressive what you're doing. So awesome. Thanks for having me. Hey, everyone. It's Joe. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you could, please give us a five-star rating on your podcast listening app, or better yet, share the episode with a friend. That really goes a long way of helping the podcast grow and connecting it with a bigger audience. Thanks so much. Talk soon.